Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to Cinephiles Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you very much for joining us today. So how's everybody doing in quarantine time? Give us a call at 515-602-9609. Let us know what you're watching. Now, I've been watching a great show called Self-Made by Octavia Spencer. She, she's a star in this, this film on Netflix. It's a wonderful show. Wonderful show. It's a four-part series. I know a lot of people want to watch like Pandemic and all these shows about viral infections and what have you. I, I sincerely suggest to you not to watch these shows. It's gonna, it's just gonna make you nervous. It's just gonna, it's gonna drive you up the walls. It's bad enough that you have to stay inside your house for two to three to four weeks while we go through this entire thing. There's no reason to bring more anxiety into your life. What are you guys watching? Give me a call. No, I'm I'm on the sixth season of Grace and Frankie. I I love that show. Unfortunately, it's going to end real soon. It's going to go into the seventh season. Still waiting for it to to hit that mark. The seventh season, I mean. I don't know when the seventh season is coming, but I don't want it to end. It's one of the very, very few shows uh, lately that I've been able to binge. Just binge, binge, binge. Right now, Grace and Frankie are creating the uh, the new toilet bowl. Now, if you watch that show, I'm sorry for giving you a little uh, spoiler alert there. But I love that show. A show in front of mine, Lily Tomlin. Cause I, I grew up with Lily Tomlin and watching her on, on uh, SNL and, and Incredible Shrinking Woman. and She's an incredible, incredible actress. Jane Fonda as well. She's incredible. Grace and Frankie. So other than Self-Made with Octavia Spencer on Netflix and Grace and Frankie on Netflix, I'm not watching anything else. You know, I'm not watching, like I said, I'm not watching Pandemic. I'm not watching any of these viral Show. I'm not even watching The Walking Dead. I, I don't want to watch anything else that's going to bring on, you know, more anxiety and more fear and more, more, uh, you know, brain tremors than I already have. It's bad enough watching the news. If I want to watch Pandemic, I'll watch the news. I do have some advice for all of you out there. You want to avoid this pandemic to a certain extent. I would stay away from uh, boats. I would stay away from th- those cruises. 
Those things are are death traps. <laughs> Jeez. We have Angela Lynn on today. It looks like she's on the line. Let's talk to her about her career. She's a stunt actress. She, she works ex- extremely hard. I love watching people, and we have very similar friends. Let's bring her on. Do-do-do-do. <laughs> Angela, is that you? That's me. <laughs> How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? Good, good. So before we get started, you know, how's your family doing or how are you doing during this uh during this uh trepidatious time? Um well, we're hold- we're we're holding pretty strong right now. I um luckily like it's serendipitous because I actually um, I came up to the D.C. area pretty quickly just because my father wasn't doing well. He was, he was in the ICU. And, wow. I, yeah, I came up in the, in the beginning of March and just to come up and deal with that and help try to get him, you know, situated in a new nursing home and all that right. stuff. And um, then, you know, I was staying with my mom, and then all this mm. stuff started happening, and now I'm kind of stuck in the D.C. area, but it's actually, it's turned out to be pretty good because I can make sure my mom is doing well and all that stuff, and right. I'd rather be closer, I'd rather be around her to make sure nothing happens or whatever. Sure. How's your, so, how's your father, is your so father yeah. doing better now? Um, yeah, they released him from the hospital, but unfortunately, they put him back into this terrible nursing home that got him into the hospital in the first place, and I'm trying right. to move him. But now because of this COVID stuff, like, you know, it's really difficult. Everything's been put on hold, kind of. So Right. Yeah. Well, a lot, of, a lot of movies are put on hold right now, a lot of films. So there's, there's yeah. all that stuff being hold, holding back. But I see that it's not holding you back in your training. You're still working extremely hard. Are, are you going to a local gym or are you just working out of the house? What are you doing? Well, I have um, – luckily, I have really good friends. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I have a, a – a facility that I actually used to work at when I was in the DC area. Um, so they've been so gracious to just let me use it by myself. As long as I'm going in, I'm wiping everything down before I use anything. And I'm hyper vigilant on, on the hand sanitizer and the wiping and I wipe before and after everything down. And then I just leave like I wasn't even there and it's right. super dark. Nobody can even see you're in there. So it's, it's been a blessing. Yeah. Cause if I didn't have it, I'd go absolutely insane. Especially with all the rain. <laughs> oh, is it raining out there? Yeah. Yeah, the East Coast, they, it's uh, pretty damp. <laughs> <laughs> it's really dry out here in the West Coast. Uh, you know, uh, the, the problem know, is I looking outside it. and seeing, yeah, you're seeing blue skies, you're seeing beautiful <sighs> clouds, and then you can't go outside. It's like, wow, okay. But you can still go outside, right? I mean, you can still, like, go around the beach by yourself or... Well, they they closed down all the right? beaches. They closed down the pier, so all those things are closed down now. So you can still go running, so, you still can go walking, but right. yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay, you're, you're not, at least you can do that to maintain maintain some sanity, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> well, when you're active like we are, it's 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 kind of difficult to sit on the couch and do absolutely nothing. I mean, it, it just kind of drives you a little nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So you're not you're not originally from the LA area, are you? Where, where originally were you born? No, I was actually born in Washington D.C. Oh, nice. 
Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Um, and then I spent most of my time growing up in like North Arlington. Ah. Well, that's that, yeah. they're not commonly known for their stunt work or, or for, for films. What, what, what propelled you into, you know, acting stunt work and that kind of thing? Well, to be, I mean, I actually, I grew up performing. You know, I was always on stage doing something, whether it was a violin recital or singing or dancing or in a musical. Um, so I was used to performing. And then... Okay. I got into martial arts, and I was dating this guy. I won't mention his name, but I will give him props because um, <laughs> <laughs> he did kind of um, push my I, like my brain, like, okay, maybe I could do this. And, right. And then when we, when we broke up, I was like, well, okay, it's time to get back to doing stuff I love, you know, and I went back into acting and modeling and all that stuff. And then um, right. because I was doing acting and martial arts, uh, then it just kind of, you know, no pun intended. I kind of fell <laughs> into stunt. Nice. You know, yeah. for, you know, I've been training martial arts for, for since I was a small child. It does seem that the martial arts does propel people to go into stunt work, if not stunt acting and what have you. So when did you yeah. start martial arts in your life? Because you, you said you, you've been performing um, since you were a small child. Yeah, yeah. I was a performer. I was, I sang and danced and played instruments and all that stuff and, and displays, really? but well, tell, yeah. tell me about it. Before, <laughs> yeah. we go into the before, before we go into the martial arts, why don't you tell me a little bit about that? So you, you started off with, with going into music. What, what, what propelled you into that area of, of expertise? Did your, did your mom and dad like make you take a musical instrument when you were a child, like the violin? Um, yeah, well, they didn't make me. I, my mom is a vocalist, so she was a classically oh. trained vocalist. Yeah, right. and she met my and my father's musical as well. They met actually at uh, Shenandoah Conservatory of Music. Wow. And yeah, and <laughs> I think they both decided that they didn't want to do that, but um, right. Ground, and then I I came up singing in my church uh, and performing, doing musicals and plays and stuff like that for church. Right. And I started the violin at about nine. And mm. I started the piano when I was about five, but oddly enough, my piano teacher, <laughs> she she left and became a nun. So I don't know, my mom teases me and says it was, she was like, I don't know, she had you as a student and decided to become a nun. So <laughs> <laughs> Brought her closer to God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she was like, I can't do this, I gotta go. I can't, I gotta, I gotta go, I gotta go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't deal with like with this child, so yeah, I, and I can't blame her. But yeah, well, the so, violin is an incredibly difficult, in, difficult instrument. What would what, what drew you to that? Um, I think it was just one of the instruments, you know, in elementary school. I did play the trombone for um, a short stint because my father played the trombone. Wow! And I. I had braces while I was playing the trombone, so that oh, didn't no. load so well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's those yeah. two things don't go very well together. No, no, and then I, you know, it's just kind. Of, it's a cool instrument. I love, I love brass, but yeah. you know, like the spit valve, that was a little much for me. And then the um, the slide, you know, I think my last straw, at least for my mother, was when I dropped the slide down the basement stairs. <laughs> Oh my God! It, it just comes off the trombone, you know. You just play yeah. it all of a sudden, bloop, and it it'll just come off. So <laughs> yeah, that was the end of my trombone career. 
Yeah, I, I, I played the trumpet for, for quite a long time. And when you say, you know, the spit guard and what have you, that, that brings up back some really bad memories for me. It's like, yeah. That was, <laughs> <laughs> so you, you went I didn't on. Know you played the trumpet. That's so cool. Oh, yeah, I played the trumpet. I, I took it in college as well. And my, my poor teacher, I, you know, it, this guy was incredible. His wife was dying while I was taking classes in, in, for trumpet in college. And he still came to class every single day. Wow. And I felt, I felt so bad. I, my, my, my final was I played uh, It Had to Be You on the trumpet. And just looking oh. at his eyes, just going like, oh, my God, I chose this as a profession as I was playing. Yeah. I'm surprised he's not a priest. <laughs> you know, probably, it would have drew him out of there. It's like, oh, my God. But, I, you know, <laughs> I think he can see the sincerity in my, in my eyes of like, I'm, tr- I'm doing the best I can, man. I'm just I'm doing the right. best I can. Right. Wow. That's intense. Yeah. So you, you went on to the violin with like Ishtak Perlman and what have you. I mean, he's, he's an amazing artist with, with the oh, violin. Oh, yeah. Ishtak, yeah. yeah. He's, one of the, he's probably my, my favorite violinist. He's incredible. And, and Sophie Mutter. Oh, yeah. I got to see Ishtak Perlman and Yo-Yo Ma in concert. And oh, that, my that, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. It, that was during the Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, uh, Schindler's List days. And oh, if, if that doesn't make so you jealous. like just, yeah, if that doesn't just make you desire to listen to that music for the rest of your existence, I don't yes. know what will. I know. It's incredible. And Yo-Yo Ma is fantastic. Oh, yeah. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Oh, I, he's and incredible. because of him, I picked up the cello. Like, it's just an, it's a beautiful instrument. The violin is gorgeous. But oh, for the me, the, are, the deeper yeah. strings, like, yeah. I just, I don't know. It's something about my, my violin is a beautiful instrument, you know, and it's it's yeah. not cheap, but it's not. Strat, you know, it's it's right. just it's a nice it's a nice violin, and the high strings are gorgeous. You know, they're they're full, but the the lower strings, the D the D and the G are just so full, and they're so they sound amazing. Yeah. So yeah. I had to naturally pick up the lower. I like the cello. The sound of yeah. it is just so it's melancholy, but it's beautiful. Oh, I love it. Oh, it's yeah. wonderful. Oh, you know, yeah. you know what's interesting about the cello is it's 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 not it's not difficult to find out who's playing the cello by what they carry. Because I've seen these like petite little girls yeah. and little guys carrying these gigantic instruments, and like that's a cello. Yes. Or they're yes. hiding a body. Or even the upright bass. Yeah. Yes. I, and you know you don't see too many people with the upright bass. <laughs> no, you don't. You don't see a lot of people, except in jazz and what have you. But you don't see a lot of people carrying yes. those instruments around. Yeah. Mm-mm. So you went from music no, and and you, and you and you trained martial arts. What what age did you join martial arts? Um, I started boxing actually when I was about fifteen or sixteen. Oh, really? So you went um, you went to the basics yeah. first? Yeah, yeah. Um, this guy who I worked with, he was like, you know, <laughs> you're, you're strong. You should just you should get into boxing. And he was a Golden Glove right. boxer, and he was like, come on, I'll you know I'll be your instructor. And I was like, okay, you know. And he gave right. me his lace ups, which from for, for wow. me, I felt like they weighed a hundred pounds. Right. But he put me in his lace up gloves and we started and I was just like, Oh my God. And you know, there was a gym. It's in, it was in Northeast DC. Uh, I don't know if it's even there anymore, but it's Finley's gym. And, uh, it's, it was pretty well known actually. And the, the guy who owned, I think his name was Mr. Henry, old school gym, like old school, you know, you walk up this right. narrow staircase into an attic, basically, you know, in the middle yeah, of the like, DC, like a brownstone type. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yes, exactly. And I remember I walked in, you know, me in, in Northeast D.C. and the jukebox kind of stopped type thing. Cause <laughs> it's just like, uh, okay, like, who is she? Yeah. Um, but my mom kind of put the kibosh on my fighting. She was like, if you mess up your teeth, right. I will kill you. <laughs> right, right. I was thinking your fingers. Your fingers are, 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 are you know, they, you play your instruments with oh, those. Oh, violin. You mess up your finger, yeah. Or even piano. I yeah. Mean, you're, you're just done. Yeah, she didn't care about that. She she cared about my teeth that she paid to fix. <laughs> <laughs> she cared about her economic, uh, uh, her, her economic uh, investment right there. Exactly. She's like, I pay a lot of money for those teeth. And she comes all the way, always back to that. Always. I pay a lot of money to have those things straightened. Like, okay, mom, I got you. I got you. God, I can't wait to, to hear what, about the stunt work stuff. But, but you, so you join you join boxing, you train that, and she put the kibosh on that. So what, when was when mm-hmm. martial arts come into your life? So that came into my life in my um, early twenties when I was okay. with my ex. Um, that's when mm. I got into the um, the Eastern arts. I got into kung fu. Yeah. And actually, by way of boxing, because my boxing instructor when I was uh, in my early 20s, I guess I was like 23, 24. Um, he, he does, he does, uh, Kung Fu. So Southern, uh, Jiao Ga. Yeah. And, but he's also a boxing instructor cause he's a fighter. Right. Um, and I was, I was taking boxing from him and getting back into like really training. And, uh, he kind of introduced me to my feet <laughs> right, right. and, Showed me that, okay, this is how you kick, you know, because I was always nervous about kicking because I know right. I always kind of revert back to, like, rock'em, sock'em, robots. I always kind of went back to boxing. Right. And, you know, he's like, no, you got to you gotta use your legs because you have powerful legs, you know, from working out right. and bodybuilding and all that. So um, he started teaching me kicks, and then one day he had written a book on uh, Jiao Ga, actually, and I went to his book signing, and it was at um, what was then L.A. Boxing, now UFC gym, and this gentleman walks in the door, you know, dressed different than anybody I've ever seen, and my ex is sitting next to me, and he nudges me, and he's just like, oh, my God, you see that guy, and I was just like, what? The guy just walked in, oh, my God, oh, my God, and I was just like, okay, whatever. He's like, that's Oso Tayari Castell. He could kill everybody in this room. And I was like, what? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was like this five foot seven, hundred and forty right. pounds maybe guy. Very unassuming, very quiet. Right. You know, dreadlocks. This he had on this um Indian garb, I think that day. Maybe it was Indian, maybe it was African, I can't remember exactly what it was. Right. Um, but it was it was very um colorful. So it stood out. Right. And you know, I was just like, whatever. So I was like, well, go talk to him. And he's just like, no, no, no. He's a great master. You know, you don't, you just don't do that. I'm just like, whatever, dude. He's a person. Right. So I just went over, right. sat down next to him, and just started talking to him. And I was like, you know, so I hear that you could kill everybody in here. <laughs> <laughs> and he just started laughing at me. And he's just like, uh, okay, well, don't believe everything you hear. And I'm like, okay. Right. Like, so basically you're saying, yeah, you could probably kill everybody. So, okay, right. cool. So we've right. gotten that. <laughs> and then that was kind of history. And then I started training with him uh, hmm. in northern uh, Shaolin. So it's right. um, Ch- uh, Changchuan, Long Fist. Yeah. And that, and then... I stuck with him for a very long time. He, he, and then he was 
actually my kind of my rock, my cornerstone for for several years because my uh, ex I, I went through a. Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I, I would think that northern style would be better for you, considering that you're you're kind of a taller person and a bigger person. So I, I would consider right. that, yeah, because southern is shorter people and what have you. But you're you're yeah. saying your, your your boyfriend was you and your ex boyfriend were going through some rough times. Yeah, yeah, we ended up breaking up, and it was a really nasty, nasty breakup. Wow. And uh, so also um, kind of stepped in, you know, and he was there to really have my back, and he made sure that either he was with me or another instructor, and I, because I just kind of fell into this, like, dark, lonely precipice, and it was just bad. And right between my mom and him, you know, I've always said, like, I will be loyal to him forever just for that fact, because he basically saved my life, my mom and he both together right. kept me from going into a mental institution more than likely or right. offing myself. It was right. pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, well, so Kung that Fu, was my Northern Kung Fu. Yeah. Kung Fu grandmasters are, are more than just teachers. They're, they're mentors. Yes. They're, they're, you know, they're, yes. they're friends. They're, there are a lot of things uh, that a lot of people yes. don't understand. You know, it's hard for them to perceive that. It's like, don't they just teach you how to punch and kick? No, no, no. Exactly. No. They're here to guide your life. They're here to mentor you. They, they're always, always your teachers. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly correct. 100%. Yeah. And he always says, you know, Kung Fu, martial arts in general is more than just punching and kicking. And it if is. you don't get that, then you shouldn't be a martial artist. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Because if you just it want really to punch is. and kick, go, pu- go punch and kick. Go do yeah. that on your own. I mean, you can do that on your own. Yeah, yeah, it's really cardio, easy to do. Yeah, you don't have to put your brain into it. Just punch and kick a bag. It's very easy to do. But if you want to take something that's intellectual, then you train something yeah. like Kung Fu. You know, it's it's very different. Or even Karate Do and, and what have you. Yes. Yeah, it's, a, it's been a whole... Uh, it's been... An ex- it's existential for me. It, 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 right. it completely turned my life around. The Eastern arts completely right. changed my life and right. him, my, my instructor. Um, and he's also super old school, like yeah. super old school. So it's all about protocol, protocol, right. protocol, protocol. And it's very militaristic, which is what I found, which was very interesting. Um, there's like the chain of command kind of thing. And, you know, right. he would be like, you know, back in my day, you know, you don't even talk to a black belt if you're an underbelt, no. you know, or, or especially a master, like, you know, I'm just, and in my head, I'm like, what? That's silly, you know, because you're just people, right. but right. it's like a code. It's so interesting. It's a, hier- it's a hierarchy. I really, yeah. 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 And it, that's just not the way I guess I'm kind of set up because I'm just like, ah, right. we're all equal. But I understand in the martial <laughs> world, like I sit, I take my place, you know, and, and, right. and regardless if, if we're in a martial setting, my seniors always get the utmost respect, and especially my masters, grandmasters, whatever whatever they are, um, always will have the utmost respect, and in life in general. But you know, in sure. a martial setting specifically, I'm you know I'm usually I call Oso. I'm like I'm his pack mule, <laughs> but I'm okay with that. You know, I'm, right. I'm usually his pack mule or his paparazzi or both, um, right. and that's okay. Right. So because he you... paved his own way, you know, he's done his stuff. You know, he's done the fighting and all that stuff. So. Any right. of my instructors, I'm I'm fine with with um, bowing down, so to speak, you know, and and doing whatever they need. Um, not a problem. Right. Now, now, when you were 
down there in Washington. So you trained in Washington, right? Yes, yes. Um, Oso's school is in Maryland, and okay. um, Wheeler for the Jauga, he's in Virginia. Nice. And D.C. Mm-hmm. Now, now, you moved to Los Angeles, am I right? Yes, yes. About two years nice. ago. Now, when you when you moved to Los Angeles, did, did you find the dojo out here? Did you find somewhere to train out here, or did you just train on your own? Well, I... I um, I pretty much trained. I went to House of Champions for a little while, and I met some amazing okay. people. I met people that um, that have trained with my instructor that know my instructor. That, yeah, that's um, a dojo in the valley. Yes, yes. And I met um, something Mark Para and yeah, uh, some Spice and all them. And um, I had the honor because of some of my friends and meeting my friends along the way uh, of of training under for a very short stint, uh, Sensei Benny the Jet Martinez. Yeah. And he's another incredible, incredible being. Like, yeah, I always, I kind of say it jokingly, but I'm totally sincere whenever I see him. And whenever we, we converse, I always end up crying like in front of him, just like crumbling because somehow, I don't know what it is, at least for me and him, or him right. and I. <laughs> right. Um, at least for the for when we're together, I feel like he sees straight through my soul. Right. And he can call me out on anything that I'm going through, and I just end up like a, a it's incredible the spiritual. Right. I don't know. And he's also, you know, he's he's um, um, native, or at least right. at least half, I believe. So he's got this whole like shaman type thing going on. He's just an incredible individual. So I had oh, yeah. the honor of of learning some of his stuff. And um, did you meet because, his children? You know, I was at. I have not. No, I have not. Yeah, I used to hang out with his daughter when when uh, a long time ago, and she's oh, she's really? a one, yeah she's a wonderful teacher. She's a wonderful person. They're just incredible. Like yeah. And yeah, if his kids are anything like him, then that's amazing. Yes. Yeah, she was in, she was an incredible fighter. She was an incre- she but she taught a lot of oh, children. She was an, she was an incredible teacher, very compassionate, uh, understood how to teach children on their side, and how to, how to discover what was their fears. Uh, they're they're a wow. pretty incredible family. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And I would love yeah. to meet the rest of his family. I've met his wife, but that was only once at a martial arts um, gathering. But yeah, that's about it. Well, I remember um, I, I saw him in Glendale. I saw Benny at Glendale. And uh, I recognized him immediately because his back is so big. His back was to me. Yeah. And I, I literally walked around him to bow and say hello because I, just, I didn't want to come up directly behind him. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know? yeah, don't ever do that. <laughs> but I, but I, I, realized, I realized how big he was, because, how big he was but how, you know, how kind of petite he was as well. Because yeah, of how yeah. much I went around him, I was like, "Wow, his back is huge." Yeah, yeah, he's he's a big little guy. <laughs> <laughs> because he's definitely he's definitely on the shorter side. I think he's about five six or something like that. But yeah, and he's I think about the same height as my instructor. They actually fought. Yeah, he's five six um, one fifty. Yeah, yeah. So, and just just an incredible spirit, like unbelievable. I've I've never met anyone that just gives you a certain feeling like in the energy yeah. like him ever. Right. Well, he, ever. you know, he fought a lot as a small child. He was in a lot of competitions as a small child. 
And I think there's something to do with, with having that confidence of, of being oh, yeah. able to fight. You know, there's a great story about uh, a martial artist a long time ago who was talking badly about Benny and uh, just saying, like, he's a phony and, and he's not really good. And, and uh, yeah, saying all, kind, saying all kinds of weird stuff. And Benny walked into his school and went, I, I want to find ah. the master. Where, where, where? He goes, where, where's the master of the school? He goes, he's not here now. He's not here yet. So the guy walked into the office, locked the door, and Benny looks up and sees his, he sees his picture of the same guy who just said the master wasn't there. And he was the owner of the school. And he goes, oh, I understand. And then he walked out. Because the guy was so oh, afraid. Wow. He, he ran into his office and locked the door. He never expected Benny to walk into school. But of course he was. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, those guys, man. I I would never like. No way. <laughs> yeah that that was no. the old that, that was the old teacher of a, a, a he he had a school called the Shadow Warriors in in the valley oh. and uh, yeah he was the he was the ex teacher of of uh, Jean Claude Van Damme who Jean Claude Van Damme later on sued. The guy is known as a pathological liar and, and, and what have you. Oh. So it was very easy to tell later on that this guy was nothing but a, he himself was a phony. Because when you, when you call other people phonies, it's, it's very easy yeah. to say that you, yet you're projecting onto other people what right. you are. You know what I'm saying? So right, exactly. I, I, yeah. Benny's experienced enough to realize this guy is not even worth his time. But that, that's the funniest oh, yeah. story that I carry around w- with me about him. It's like, it's like he goes in there and goes, where is this guy? And just runs into his office and locks the door. I would, too. <laughs> <laughs> if I were him, I would, too. <laughs> yeah, if I saw Betty the Jack coming looking for me, but I wouldn't have said anything. But, you know, if yeah. he was looking for me on a negative note, nope, yeah. I'm gone. Change that guy's address, de- change That state. guy's dead. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> So, so you train. Have you, with, have you train been with, to um? Go ahead. Sensei, uh, Sensei Go Course Gym, um, in the Valley. Yeah, I have. Oh, okay. So that's where I took my very first class with Sensei Benny at Sensei Go Course Gym because Sensei nice. Judo, um, Sensei Jean was there. Yeah. And he was like, "You need to take Sensei Benny's class." And when yeah. Judo Jean Labelle tells you to take a class, you take a class. <laughs> yeah. Jean, Jean Labelle so and I. Gene LaBelle is an incredible he's human being. Yeah. Hysterical. He is funny. He's really funny. He is quite the character. I mean, he gives zero F words. If I can, I don't even know. You yeah. can curse on this. You I don't cannot know. Cuss. But... No. <laughs> okay. Yeah. He, he does not. Yeah. He's just like, I'm over it. I'll say whatever I want. He's great. Yeah. Well, shout, shout out it. to Valley Martial Arts Supply. You know, I, I've met uh, Gene LaBelle several times over there and we've, we used to hang out and, back when Gene LaBelle wanted to do uh, 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 seminars at my dojo as well. And ah. uh, he's an, he was always an incredible human being. I was glad to see at the Tours Awards. I, I believe that's where we met each other, you and I, yes, at that particular yes. Tours Awards, when, when, he was, uh, when he was awarded uh, for uh, being such a, a great human being and contributing so much to the yes. Suns community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he's got stories upon stories upon stories. Oh, he's got that Steven Seagal just, story that he carries around. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know if you were gonna bring that up. 
bring that up or not. But, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not going to have Steven Seagal on my radio show, so I'm not, I'm not really worried about it so much. <laughs> but, right. But, uh, you know, that, that one story about Steven Seagal, that, that's a pretty incredible story and, and very, very true as well. Right. So, but my thing is, is uh, a dear friend of mine, Hank, he's actually um, been good friends with Judo Jean. He's probably around the same age. Um, Hank, uh, God, Garrett, Hank Garrett. Hmm. And he tells a story that when he choked him out, he didn't not only pee his pants, but he also defecated. No, he did defecate. I don't. Yeah. He did. Okay. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and Gene LaBelle was Gene LaBelle was blacklisted for quite a long time. Are you serious? He was. Yeah, he was blacklisted for for not... a couple years. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's oh. why he did a lot of B work. He did a lot of like he was a Men in Black. He was he was the guy inside the uh, uh, inside the uh, two where the train uh, when the, oh, when right. the war monster was trying to attack, you know, he did a lot of B work trying to catch up and what have you, and trying to get underneath the tail of that. And uh, you know, eventually he did get up from underneath that. But you know, it seems to go ask for it. He said, "If you can choke me out, yeah. go for it." Well, he, well, he could. I mean, the guy was. You never mess with with what I've always said is you never mess with high school wrestlers and and judo. You don't mess with these because right. they'll just choke you out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that's fair. Yeah, and Steven Seagal, you know, Steven Seagal is one of those guys who, you know, he, he is a very well-trained martial artist, but he was never an ethical and moral human being from the very beginning. I mean, he was always a very cruel and, and uh, vindictive human being. So I can, I can see why his life took a turn as well from, you know, starting off with pretty good films to films that didn't do very well. Well, you look at Jean-Claude Van Damme, he did the same kind of thing. He had a very kind of tumultuous middle of his existence. And then he came back with JVCD and uh, kind of omitted and, and admitted that he kind of took a wrong turn in his life and, and uh, people accepted it and loved him and brought him back into the fold. So, yeah. you know, that's what I've always seen the difference between the Chinese martial artists like Jet Li and Jackie Chan and, and, and a lot of them where they took different paths where Jackie Chan never yeah. really w- was j- drunk or neither Jet Li were ever drunks. They, they always did uh, community work and, and they always did uh, things for, for people that were less than them and what have you. And then you see a lot of American martial artists and they, they often will take a different perspective on that. Have you, have you had the same experience where you see a lot of uh, American martial artists kind of go off, off the rye and, and uh, go into a negative space? Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Yeah. But I also, I also tend, it might be a naivete, like I, I tend to hold martial artists at a little bit of a higher standard. Right. Um, at least that's my, my baseline. Like I tend to hope that I am, I can hold them at a higher standard um, yeah, morally. Right. But then a lot of times I have been let down pretty quickly. Yeah. Because right. it's, you know. A lot of them are, I mean, yes, exactly. You know, it's like our fear of clay. Okay. But um, I remember a couple of them, like what would happen would be um, they'd end up hitting on me. This one gentleman was, I was at a martial engagement and it's the uh, Action Magazine uh, Hall 
Hall of Fame, Martial Arts Hall of Fame, or whatever that happens okay. every year in um, Atlantic City. And right. um, people, Alan Goldberg puts it on. Right. And it's pretty big. It's pretty, and it's fun. It's kind of like a reunion every year. And right. this one gentleman there who's, I believe, a grandmaster. I'm not sure if he refers yeah. to himself as such, but he's a higher up. And I was taking a photo with um, my friend TJ Storm. I'm sure you know him. Yeah, And so. there's a, a few other martial artists. And he, you know, we're hands are on backs or whatever, but his hand kept creeping down to my butt. No. And I kept moving. Yes. And I kept moving his hand up to my back. And he wow. would put it back on my butt. And then the third time that I moved his hand, he actually did like a chin out. Like he went and did um, he chin a, on a you on my his... arm. <laughs> oh, no. And I was like, no. what the hell? He was wow. drunk. But still, re- not an excuse. That does not excuse, that is not excuse that behavior. Right. An American martial artist. And he was like on this slippery slope. He was trying to fight people. And I was just like, oh, my God. It was the well, most, I was that's sad. really, yeah, yeah. That's sad. Yeah. And that's, my instructor that's at that time, yeah, I had to go tell, I, t- I told my instructor also. And I was like, this is what just happened, blah, blah, blah. He was less than pleased. Yes. Especially because I, I being a student of someone, not being right. um, a master grandmaster, I right. also have that protocol that's been instilled in me from Oso. Right. So here's this grandmaster, and he's out of character, you know, quote unquote. Right. But I'm I'm stuck between this like, okay, but now you're coming at me like a dude, not right. as an instructor type thing. It's not, but it is a martial setting. So I'm like, uh, I don't know where I'm supposed to be at this moment, you know. And I get kind of stuck well, in that. It, it, it so may I sound just, a little, it may sound a little misogynistic, but women are protected a little higher than men are in the martial arts. So women, yeah. women are very highly protected by their masters, and I'm surprised your master didn't didn't walk up to him and talk to him about it. Oh, he did. He oh, he did. did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh yeah, he did. He did. Um, a little later, it was during the evening, I believe. As I, because the guy left post haste. Right. And um, he, we saw him in the evening, and I was like, "That's the guy," and he. Wow. Excused himself from the table, and I was sitting with Marcus, um, um, Marcus Taylor, my, okay. my kung fu brother. So I was sitting with him, and I had told him what happened, and I pointed him out or whatever, and I think he actually told Oso about it or whatever. And Oso went and found him and and, and had words. I'm I'm not sure what the words were. It was out of my line of sight, and they went outside to speak. So, but he wow. did not return for actually right. a couple of years. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That yeah, that is so, that like, is so you know, sad. I would expect that from like an eighteen year old or twenty three year old martial exactly. artist, but I would I wouldn't expect that from yeah. a, from a grandmaster. There's there's such a difference between your personal life and your prof- professional existence. You know, yeah. I can understand I can understand why you do that to somebody maybe personal at like a bar or like a club where he didn't know the person. I could see somebody doing right. that, but taking advantage of a student and doing china like doing a maneuver on your hand in order to get what he wanted that, that, that is crossing the line on so many levels. That's, that's, that's what I would say amoral to the martial arts. You're betraying the very thing you train. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You are the bad guy. And and then, yes. And and it blew my mind. And I just was like, and kind of my martial arts, um, 
like I have Marshall on, on such a pedestal. That pedestal kind of came crumbling right. down a little bit. Right. It just just going through that because I'm like, no, all you know, all masters are Buddha. You know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. They're perfect, and they're not right. men anymore, and, you know, they're just, you know. But at that point, I was like, okay, I get it. So right. they're still dudes, right? and they still drink. Okay, cool. Right. Well, some but, of us go, you yeah, know, a lot, of times, a lot of times we go through our bad moments, you know, and that could have been one of his bad moments in his life where he's just not himself. True. You know, I'm, I'm going to give him True. a little, 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 you know, and we betray ourselves a lot of times, you know. And, but growth Growth is always the most important thing. And I'm glad your, your master went out there to talk to him because, you know, he needs to learn that lesson really fast before he gets hurt. Right. Right. Yeah. Because yeah. he could have gotten hurt doing he that. He could have gotten Just, hurt because he's not, he's not using yeah. his martial arts for the right reason. So it's going to betray him. Mm-hmm. His, martial, his own martial arts right. will betray him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. See, so, yeah. so you, you, you've you've dealt with with some some very high class martial artists. When 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 did you start leaping into stunt work? I and mean, you you obviously did a lot of weapon work as well. We'll get into that a, a little bit later on. But you went into some stunt work. Now, your your was your first film Creed or, or or when you when you were like a background artist or what was your first short film? Yeah. Okay. Oh goodness. Oof. Oh, actually, I do know. Um. I don't know if you're familiar with Sifu um, Robert or Bobby Samuels. He studied yeah. under um, uh, what's the larger gentleman in the Kung Fu. Gosh, I can't think of his name. He's in so many Kung Fu flicks. Samo Hong. Oh, Samo Hong, he, yes. Yes, he studied under Samo in China. <laughs> I know, right? It's just like incredible. Yeah. So, like, Samo's incredible. He studied under him. Yeah. Yeah, and I would I would love to meet him, but I haven't yeah. obviously I haven't met him yet. But yeah. Um. But yeah, so he had the uh, that was an, that's incredible in itself. So I met him at actually through my instructor at the Atlantic City stuff for the other martial artists, and he was getting ready to do an independent film, and my instructor literally kind of was just like, "Hey, here's this girl, blah blah blah, you know, just check her out," and he right. um. Sifu Bobby Samuels, knowing I was super green as far as, you know, really doing movie work, right. he he went out there and, and, and just kind of brought me in and just took a took a chance on me. And it was right. so cool of him for like to do that and it meant so much. Like and I told him I was like, I forever I've got your six. Like, just for that, for kind of introducing me to things and bringing me in and Right. Knowing I'm super green and wet behind the ears, he did right. that, and he did that. I think because of probably because of who my instructor is, um, but he's just an amazing, an amazing person. I've been super blessed to meet these incredible people, right? Um, along along my path, so that's where I actually first had my that was my first uh, introduction on film, and that's where I met Manny Ayala, who's a stuntman oh. in New York. Yeah, yeah. And he's probably one of the top 20 stunt guys in New York. He's fantastic. He's been one of my biggest mentors in stunts since. Um, And, yeah, they brought him on for stunts, and we did some fight scenes. And it was just it was an amazing learning experience. Um, And so I got, obviously, I started stunts in New York. And Mm -hmm. I would start, and from through Manny, I was going up to New York, 
meeting up with him, and we're going to train with Chaz Menendez, and he has this up-against-the-wall stunt, and he was, at that point, it wasn't really, um, like, solidified as up-against-the-wall stunts, but he was starting it, and it was in his backyard, and we had the trusses set up, so we're doing hand pulls, and it was high falls, and it was great, and we had fight choreo going. um, Nice. And it was fantastic. Uh, so that's where I pretty much got my start in stunts up in New York. That, them. That, is, is that where I see the pictures of you doing wire work and stuff like that? Is, is that, is that that gym? That was, oh, that was outdoors. So the wire work oh. that you probably see me doing, um, is in LA and that's with Sifu Tim Storm. Yep. And I'm sure you know him. Yep. And he is, um, he's also currently my wushu instructor. Nice. Um, because I had not. Uh, doing the uh, traditional kung fu, you know, they have a. I've, there's kind of always been like this traditional, no wushu, no traditional. Right. So, coming from a traditional uh, kung fu background, right. Going into wushu is a little. I think I'm glad I have my traditional background. Right. And then coming uh, into absolutely. wushu versus versus the other way around. Yeah, wushu is the chairman Mao style. That's that's when Chairman Mao was was pretty much bringing in, and the, the cutoff of kung fu was bringing into the uh, more into the spectacle of, of uh, gracing China with a with a beautiful art and what have you. Does, does, yeah. That doesn't mean that they can't knock you out. I mean, Jet Li started off with wushu in the 1960s. He was the first martial artist to be introduced to Nixon. Really? Yeah. If you watch his first that film, so cool. uh, the, yeah. If you watch his first film called The Shaolin Temple. If you get that on DVD, you'll you'll see a little mini documentary on Jet Li and and how he came off and saw Nixon after he was training Wushu as a small child. Incredible. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, I, I it's Wushu is amazing and it's beautiful. Um, yeah. I wouldn't call it a combat art. Right. Um, but like I said, with the traditional background and then going into Wushu, you can right. see the application in it in some places um granted like a butterfly kick eh, right. not gonna happen in a fight right right but it's beautiful to watch and i love doing it because it speaks to my femininity i love it right right and it's also good for obviously stunts well when i when i watch you train and i, I do watch your, your your videos and what have you you're always training the basics that that were more of a fighting style so i can see why wushu would not be an applicable thing for you and what have you where you're more of a straightforward right. kind of shooter but wushu is really yeah. a beautiful art yeah and, and what's interesting is. is if you do have that traditional background you can see a lot of the the, the applicable movements within the style and how they can mm-hmm. be applied if you kind of shorten the range or change it a little bit and move it to this and move it to that. You can see it there. Oh, yeah. 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 Because, like, yeah. Um, what is it, the um, the wheel arm? Like, that's not – Yeah. I, no. I'm not going to – if I'm confronted with some big dude on the street, I'm not going to be like, no. hold on, look at this. No. This. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not going <laughs> to – no, no, no! I'm gonna kick. Him. I'm gonna kick him in the shin, and and then I'm gonna pop him in the head. Right, <laughs> right. I'm gonna do whatever I can so I can walk Absolutely. away. It's Absolutely, it's not gonna be a beautiful wheel arm into a drop stance, and you know, no. crane. Like no, no, <laughs> no. Especially in America, where where you know guys are usually like six foot two, three hundred and fifty pounds. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which is yeah. That's it's it's a that's a very real thing, and that's 
when I moved to L.A. and, um, like, my my art started to change. You know, I left because of the East Coast. I left out right. here and went to L.A. So it's like I didn't have the same teacher. So I was like, okay. So I kind of was a drifter for a little bit. And then I met uh, Judo Jean and I met uh, uh-huh. uh, Sensei um, Benny. Yeah. And then... Um, at some point, oh, I was at 8711. I was training um, Brazilian yeah. Jiu-Jitsu. I saw that. Um, under under uh, Professor Hugh Fitzgerald, who was an incredible um, BJJ instructor also. And Well, that's, that's, a, co- that's met, a common place for a lot of stunt work as well. So a lot of stunt people go, oh, go yeah. into that place, yeah. It's a great facility. It's an amazing yeah. facility. Yeah. Um, but I actually, I, met, I ended up rolling my, the, the, my very class, I met this gentleman, named Alvin Katakutan, and hmm. he was my partner, and I had never done anything in this kind of arena. BJJ is so out of my wheelhouse right? because all of the arts that I've studied have been to keep people away from me, right? you know, and now someone's lying on top of me. Right. So I'm like, well, crap, what do I do now? You know, and right. now it's on, it's on overload. My mind's like, well, crap, okay, well, jab in the eye, you know, like, right. and I'm on fighting and and i was right. told you know he's like uh what do you do you know you're on you're in this position so someone has you here now what do you do and i'm like i'm gonna elbow them in the face and he was like okay right. no you <laughs> 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 can't do that right now like this is this is competition bj right this is not like so i had to learn uh and i still i can't say i'm the biggest fan of bjj but i understand where it fits in what i should know right um well, it's but secondary fighting, it you know. It, it, know it's, it. Yeah, it's it's what what if you failed at your initial attempt and you're on the ground? So, exactly. a, a, yeah. so a lot of it is, is that, yeah. But a lot of martial arts that, that we train are are taking on more than one opponent. So if if you go to the ground, I mean, the other three are going to be kicking you. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it's, it, um, yeah. the BJJ is like, uh, I don't want to be there. Like that's the last place I want to be is underneath somebody. Right. But, and I think that's part of my digging my heels in a little bit on that because I, I'm not good at it yet. So I don't right. really like it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but I will do it for, like with Alvin. So I met Guru Alvin at, at 87 and then he was like, well, I do Kali and Sila and you might like it. Yeah. So come try it. Yeah. So I did. And I will say, when I first started Kali, I didn't like it either because it was very much out of my wheelhouse because with the right. weapons, I'm used to one hand or always um, um, like a dominant hand. Right. So with staff, spear, um, the Dao, all that, it's usually right hand dominant. And the left hand is kind of kind of there, you know, or right. it's put like at the, at the hilt or whatever. <clears throat> but I was very, I was not used to, wielding two sticks and doing things with my left hand. So it's very different. But C-Lot, I fell in love with as soon right. as I took it. And it's because it was very familiar to me. It was very circular right. um, and very fluid, like, like Kung Fu. Right, very much. So I started going, and I just, I just stuck with them. And I stuck with Guru Alvin. And um, he has been another incredible person in my life. He was basically my... Ha, the wind beneath my wings <laughs> in LA. You know, he kept yeah. me, he kept me sane, and he was so kind and and so loving. And his thing is the martial arts, and he wants to teach. So 
you know, I didn't have a pot to piss in, still don't. Right. And, you know, I was like, you know, I, I don't have income right now because I just moved to L.A. And so he was like, well, if you are willing to do X, Y, and Z, you can take class, you know, whether it's cleaning or cook, like not cooking, but cleaning or watching his kids or helping right. him teach children. So I would teach for free. Right. And then, and then take a class, you know, it's like, I don't expect something for nothing. Right. Um, and he was just so generous and so amazing. And still is he's family hundred percent. Um, I do pretty much anything for him and his family. And what, I fell in love with Kali. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. So when, when did the when did the weapons come into play? Because I, I see you like you like the AR-15 and what have you, and you did train oh, it. Yeah, the one, yeah. Where you, oh yeah, yeah. You go to the one facility that that Keanu Reeves went to, uh, where where you're shooting off the targets and what have you. Uh, when when did oh, weapons Karen start Tactical. coming into? Yeah, exactly. When did when did um, weapons start weapons. coming into your life? Firearms. I've been um, I've been shooting since I was about 15. I my first firearm was a 22 rifle, which is pretty much a cap gun. Yeah. Um, when I was and 15, at- I was hunting with my uncle. Nice. Um, and then throughout, the, my father was a police officer, so I've been around firearms my whole life. And oh, I no would be shooting here and there. Yeah. I'd be shooting yeah. off and on. You know, my father would talk to me about firearms. You know, he was – my father is very much uh, – well, he's kind of a turd. <laughs> but oh, okay. he, would, he, he would speak to you. Very, he's very matter-of-fact. And, and when it comes right. to fire, firearms, he's very stern. And, of course, he's my father. So he's, right. you know, put the fear of God in me all the time. Sure. Um, but I started to um, – learning from other people that were uh, either police officers or military. And then I actually started, I became an instructor because Mm -hmm. I was asked to become an instructor here actually in the DMV or the DC area. Right. Um, People get confused when I say DMV. So the DC area. (laughs) Right. right. Um, I worked for uh, the Silver Eagle Group which hmm. also has uh, mili- not military, but government contracts. So they teach DOD and, and they have a fantastic facility in Ashburn, Virginia. Nice. And I went in there just to just go over some of my basics, like room clearing and three and four man stacks and, you know, low light shooting and stuff like that. Sure. And they said, so you're really good. And we want you to be an instructor, the female firearms instructor. And I was like, Nice. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and right. I get to shoot for free. Sweet soul. <laughs> so um, it became, it, it's always been a huge passion of mine, just shooting and, and self-defense in general, especially for women. And right. I've noticed at the firing range, I would notice that women only come in with men, typically. Right. Right. And Sometimes the men that they're with can't shoot the broad side of a barn. Right. And I mean, they're, they're also in, they're they're instructing. When men are with women, when they're shooting for the, I, I love watching men teach women how to shoot because often they'll they'll ask women to shoot with a gun that's that's not appropriate for them. First of all, exactly. and second of all, they'll push themselves as being instructors where they can't even shoot at all or don't even know the basics of yes. a gun, how, how to clean a gun. Yes. Uh, or 
I remember I was going to I was going to one place, uh, one shooting range in Burbank, and uh, the, the 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 line instructor out there was uh, looking at one guy. And now this guy was a, a cadet in the police the Burbank Police Department. He looked at him and just goes, "Do me a favor and, and load your gun real fast." The guy put in his clip ba- his clip backwards. He put it the other way and then had to adjust it and put it the right way in. And he he looks at him oh, and goes, God. he goes, you can't, you can't shoot here. He goes, you can't shoot here. He goes, <laughs> Come back when you know how to load your gun. So, so he, he picked up on this guy's inability to shoot, shoot or be safe with a, with a, with a gun, with a handgun. So oh, I, I thought that was, that was incredible. That was incredible. Well, oh, you know, a lot of, a lot of cops, so they, don't, they don't need a lot of training to, uh, a lot of gun training to be a cop. You know, they only need to go to the range once or twice a month. It's like, give me a break. Yeah, it's frightening. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Because I've actually, I've seen all of my, like the brunt of my firearm um, experience and, and training has been with like MARSOC, Green Berets, all special forces. Right. So I have learned from the best, in my opinion. Um, right. And I watch police officers, some of them, some of them are fantastic, but there's a yes. couple who, again, can't shoot the outside of the bar. Right. And that's scary. Yeah. And their, their number one you know, job is to protect you, and they have a sidearm. Exactly. And that's frightening. <laughs> that's <laughs> if really I cannot shoot you <laughs> yeah. and you're a cop, like, what? Yeah. That's not yeah. good. Yeah. No, that doesn't make any sense at all. It goes, it goes to show no. a lot of times that the private sector are, are a lot better trained than, than certain, yeah. certain people are, like sheriffs and cops and what have you. It's, that's frightening mm-hmm. to me. It is. It is, and that's, that's personally like one of, my, uh, one of my reasons that I also instruct, is, and, and right. specifically women, because um, right. a lot of women I also found are scared. They're scared of firearms. Right. You know, I'm not sure the reason behind it for every female, but I understand right. it can be intimidating because this tool can possibly take a life. You can right. take a life right? with this tool, but you can also take a life with a knife. Right, or a pencil. But it, right, it just requires a little bit more close contact. Right. Yeah. So I understand the the intimidation factor, and it's loud, you know. And well, it's, it's very loud, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's very loud, and then there's this kickback, depending on the firearm. Maybe the right. firearm, like you said, like, that their boyfriend put in their hand, maybe it's a 45. Yeah. Now now they well, think all firearms kick like a mule. Right. You can easily put, you know? like, a, a so, low-grain a low grain bullet. A low-grain bullet in a 9mm would, would certainly be a really nice uh, thing to train on. Oh, yeah. Or even start them off at a little twenty-two, which is basically a shotgun. So. There's no yeah. recoil. Zero. Zero. Yeah, really. I mean, and I try to tell people, I'm like, you know, it really is like a cap gun. It'll just go pop. <laughs> right. It. Like, right. The only thing you need to be scared of is someone... if you're a squirrel, you need to be scared. That's all. Exactly. Exactly. Because <laughs> if you shoot a person with a twenty-two, they're probably going to get pissed off. Yeah, it's gonna, yeah. <laughs> It's like shooting the Hulk or something like that. It's like they're just gonna get angry exactly. at you. <laughs> yeah. Like, did you just shoot me? Really with a twenty-two? Okay, <laughs> did cool. you just shoot me? Did you just shoot a gun at me? Wait, wait, wait what's happening here? Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and let alone a twenty-two caliber. Come on, give me more more credit than that. Shoot me with a nine millimeter at least. 
Well, we're, we're running, we're running, we're running close out of time, but we, we met each other. Yeah, at, yeah, at sure. the, we, we met each other at the tours awards. Um, yeah. did you enjoy, you met Garrett Warren, you met a lot of people. Did you, did you enjoy yourself there? I did, you know, a few years back, it was like so enjoyable to go. It was just such a great time. Um, the tour stores last year, I didn't have as much fun at my feet were hurting. <laughs> I was just like, I was over it. I just laughed for <laughs> an hour. Yeah. But, um, for the few years that I went there, I really, really enjoyed being there. It's such a great um, event and great right. for networking. Right. Um, you know, and for anyone that is listening that does go or wants to go in the future, don't get like totally inebriated. You know, because people <laughs> talk. Right. You know, I have friends, you know, that have been totally inebriated to the point where they can't barely walk. Really? They're slurring their speech. Oh, God. Yeah. And then they're doing things that I'm just like, this is not going to be good. Not going right. to be good. You know, because no. they're hanging on stunt coordinate. It's just bad. So, right. Yeah. But no, I, I, I love saw the forest. I think they're great. Yeah, I saw I saw this one. It was it was kind of weird. It was like backwards because I saw this one woman talking to a, a very well known stunt choreographer, and uh, she goes, "If you, do you mind if I give you a call?" And he goes, "As long as it's professional." And I was like, "Wow, Good. that's that's that is backwards to what I expect." But y- that's totally true. You know, you have to keep things very very professional. Uh, it it yeah. is it is a, a community that speaks to each other. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, like I always say, if you fart on the East Coast, they know on the West Coast before you even finish. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> it, it's such a small community. It really, news travels so fast. Right. It's ridiculous. It is right. ridiculous. But right. yeah, it's, I mean, I love our community. I think we're all crazy and we're all a little, yeah, I think we're all a little crazy, but we're all just a little crazy. pretty tightly knit in LA. Yeah. I think, I think LA has a wonderful, um, a wonderful group, a wonderful community. Yeah. Now, Absolutely are you, fantastic. Are you currently, you know, after this whole pandemic winds down, are you, are you going to be looking for more stunt work and what have you? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, um, I'm, I'm, uh, I sent in already for a couple of, uh, jobs, hopefully not nice. on wood. Um, so I know I, I spoke to uh, a stunt coordinator the other day, and he was like, everything's pretty much on hold for like six to eight weeks. So send me your stuff as light as possible, closer to the six weeks mark. And I said, okay, that's a long time. Right. It's, it's just crazy, you know. And luckily when I got to Atlanta, um, I was able to get some work in the first two months. So that was fantastic. Um, but then, boom, that was literally the week before I had to come up to DC for my father right. and then everything happened and everything shut down. <clears throat> right. So, well, you you working on, across. Well, you did do with Pantheris and, and Stray and, uh, and a couple, a couple other things. Those are films that are going to come up very soon. You, you mostly focus on short films. Was it, was that on purpose or, or. Um, I did a lot of short films because I was non-union before I was SAG. I was right. on non-union and it was like great, and I got a lot of work doing non-union, and and then I got a TV show, a Netflix show. I, I worked on that for five months in South Georgia. Which show um, was that? That was that was last year. Um, it hasn't come out yet. It comes out okay. in I think July. So I'm not one thousand percent sure on the name title of that, but I will definitely right. let you know what that is. Sure. Um, 
worked on that for about five months, and that was a huge, huge learning experience. <laughs> That's a gigantic learning experience from going from short films to going to like a five month stint on Netflix is, is a is a big deal. Yes, it, and it was, and I was grateful and gracious, and it and it was. But it was so different because I'm used to being I, – I, I went in, and I did stunt work, but um, I mostly did the pyrotechnics. <clears throat> really? So um, for that show, technically, we were um, uh, special effects because it was nice. a non-union show. Sure. Yeah. So I can't go in as a stunt performer. Um, right. So we did – yeah, we did all the explosions. It was awesome. I got to blow up my first Prius. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. Wait, you know, is that how you, you is that how you got your SAG card? I go like yeah. Um, it, actually, I got my are... SAG card. Good. Huh? Go ahead. Oh, I got my SAG card actually doing um, Omega Unit in Atlanta. It was the oh, uh, nice. it was a tactical tactical short, and we had a lot of big plans because it came out phenomenally. Yes. Um. And I just recently looked back over it, and I was just like, God, this is really good, and we need to submit it to some places. <clears throat> but I think some things went down um, right after we finished, and it kind of put a hold on it. But because we were looking at getting distribution, uh, with, I think he called Netflix, Amazon. Right. And we had some good things going, but some things happened, and it kind of took, a, I guess, a back seat. But – I've decided to see if I can resurrect it and maybe drop it off and put it into film fest. It's just really good. Sure. And for a short film, and we did it with zero budget, basically. We just filmed it all together as friends, as stunt people, and everyone came in and kind of did their part, and it came out just so well. It's the best the best short film, I think, that I've done, period. The way it came out just looked so great. It was so, it was high quality. Omega Unit, the last option. Hmm. Nice. Yeah, yeah, mega unit. And then Stray, I did Stray, and that was a lot of fun. That was a paid gig. That was SAG. Um, that was in Philadelphia. But um, nice. that's not finished yet. That's, I think that's still in post. Um, right. But that was that's a high-quality film, too. That one's, that one's good. I was actually a lead in that, and I did my own stunts. So that was really cool, being a lead. You but play, that's a lot of, it was a lot of lines. You play Rook, right? Yes, yes, Rook. Nice. Nice. Yep. So you you got a, you got a lot of things going your way. The, the the film you worked on on Netflix that for the five months then where you blew up a Prius. Uh, any big names yeah. in there that, that you can say? Um, any big names in it? It's uh not. It's not really that kind of a TV show. It's, it's a TV uh, show. Um, right. and it's more. It's kind of like a um reality show. Reality slash documentary it's kind of like if you take <laughs> i'm like trying to try to describe it if you know, take, it's, um, it just sounds like you're putting genres out there <laughs> yeah it's, it's a very it's a very interesting series yes. it's, it's basically it's a combination of duck dynasty Mythbusters, oh, okay. and you just take them and squish them together I, that and makes sense. that's what you have because it's it's interesting i'm very interested to see how it comes out because it was interesting filming it. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah. I was going to say earlier, Priuses are only good to blow up. Because that's what... Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. So many people were like, oh, you're my hero. 
<laughs> they're like they're like little beetles that that uh, deserve to be smashed. Exactly. <laughs> so what do you look at? What are you looking forward to in, in the stunt community once once this whole thing is over with? Um, gosh, just working, getting back to work. I mean, yeah. and even training, being able to train um, in the stunt places. You know, where like the gymnastics gyms and stuff like that. Sure. Being able to train in places like that. I mean, right now it's this my brain, you know, I have to be it's the ingenuity that comes into trying to figure out how you can train right. is interesting. But um right. yeah, just kind of getting back into the swing of things, like being able to submit and just getting out there hustling, being around people, um, and hopefully getting more work. You know, it's just you know, when I got right. the job in Atlanta that I got in February, you know, it just it you get down because you're basically professionally unemployed. So you right. you get you can get really down and out sometimes. And then, you know, like I got the job or whatever, and I, and I worked on um, a Marvel show in hmm. Atlanta, and it just puts everything back into perspective. And you're just like, this is why I do this, because I love, I love my work. I love doing right. stunts. And it's like you can't, like where else can you get paid to pretend you're a badass? <laughs> right, right. You know, you get to which play make-believe which... every day. Which Marvel show did you work on in Atlanta? Um, that, two. I can't. You yeah, can't say? it's not out yet. No. <laughs> it's not out those yet. The, um, I don't know when it ones. comes out, but I know, right? But I will definitely let you know because I'm, yeah, I'll definitely, it'll be out there when I, right. when it drops. Like, I'll put it out there, so. Well, this is why I wanted to have, have you on because you are a budding star. You are growing in the field. You know, and, and it's it's interesting, you know, not a lot of people n- think they have a lot to say or they don't they don't know if they, they can they can speak. We've been talking for almost an hour and a half. So there's, there's oh my God, plenty. Yeah, of, sorry. Yeah, there, there's no, no. I mean, there's plenty of things to talk about and plenty of things. Uh, oh, yeah. People are very interesting, especially if you talk to them a certain way. And I want I like to talk to people who are, you know, up and comers and what have you, because you get to hear a lot of the the, the raw talk. That's getting them up into, yeah. into the field that they're getting to. So I'm, I'm yeah, very, it's, I'm it's very happy for you. I, I, I can't wait to, to, to see and hear about all the great things you're going through uh, in the, in the future with the Marvel film coming out very, you know, coming out the, the Netflix show that's coming out very soon. Uh, hearing about your, your expertise in, in guns and, and, and martial arts. It's, it's very, very interesting. Thank you. Well, yeah, I, I, you know, when you asked me if I would be on, I was just like, oh, gosh, well, what are we going to talk? I didn't think it was going to be about me. Because <laughs> I'm like, yeah, why yeah, do you want to talk be... about me? <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah, I guess I just being in, I guess being in an industry, you're just kind of like, eh, I'm just like everybody else. But then when you right. kind of take a step back, we're really not. We're not. We're, not we're at different. All. A lot of us are, very, you know, a lot of a lot of people are very different human beings. And, and they have something to bring to the table. Everybody has something to bring to the table. And, and mm-hmm. that's what's, that's what's, you know, if you want to make an interesting show, I think that's what's interesting is when you bring people that have different lifestyles that are, but there's a commonality between everybody, like you and a lot of people that I have on my show. You're likable. You work very hard. People see something in you that they're interested in investing in. And your features are very bright. Oh. I and mean, there's, there's, there's a commonality in there. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I definitely work. I work my butt off, but I work it off because I, 
My, I, I remember being at a Marshall gathering. Uh, actually, I was competing. I was, it was um, Capital Classics in D.C. And right. Billy Blanks was there, and he was speaking. And he said, you know, you might have all these dreams and aspirations, blah, blah, blah. He's like, and honestly, like, if you just kind of keep your head down, focus on just becoming the best version of yourself that's possible right. and learning and just kind of growing every day, then it'll come. No matter what it is, right. it'll come. Right. Well, Billy created And that really stuck great- with me. Yeah, he he created a an industry for himself. I mean, he created a. I mean, he was. Oh yeah. It was incredible the things that he created out there. Yeah, and he's a he's a heck of a fighter. I've I've never seen him fight, but I've heard. Yeah. Oh yeah, you can watch him on YouTube. Just type in his name and, and type in Billy Blank's fights, and and a lot of them are are, are chronicled in YouTube. So they're they're interesting. Oh. oh okay. Yeah. yeah. So, Angela, you know, we, we have a huge crowd here, and, and we're, we're off now. But tell me, how can people get in touch with you? How can they you know, look at your face? What Facebook do you have? What Instagram? What Twitter? How, how can they see your stuff? Um, well, my Instagram is Angela underscore Lynn underscore Stunt. And okay. my Facebook is Angela Lynn. Lynn is my middle name. Um, okay. So I just stuck with it. Because oddly, Angela, actually, Angela Lynn is, is taken, was taken in SAG, it is. so I had to go with my whole name. But Your last name um, is Hollis, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. So for SAG, I'm Angela Lynn Hollis, like the whole thing, which is a bit much, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm pretty much just on Facebook and Instagram. Um, I have a Twitter, but I, I seldom tweet because I just, I'm too verbose for Twitter yeah. and you only yeah. can have like 30 words or something like that. So, right. Um, but yeah, that, or even email. I mean, I, I'm very uh, social, so you can email my email is Angela zero three R one at Gmail. And nice. the R one is the zero three R one is, is the make and model of my motorcycle or not the make the model of the year and the model of my motorcycle. <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. So these well, are Angela, list. Angela, it was a pleasure having you on. Thank you so much. Thank we, you we so cannot, much. We can't wait to see your future projects. We can't wait to see what you're going to come up with next. We're so proud of you. And, 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 and thank you for bringing, you know, your, your edge to our show today. Thank you so much, Steve. I've, I've enjoyed this so much. And thank you from the bottom of my heart for asking me on. It's been incredible. It's so much fun. It's so great speaking to you. Your voice is fantastic on the radio. <laughs> thank you like, very oh much. God. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Angela Lynn, thank you so much for being on here. We, we appreciate you. Okay? Thank you. Okay, have a great day. You too. <laughs> There's the audience just loving you. <laughs> All right, be well, my friend. Thank you, you too. Bye-bye. Bye. That was Angela Lynn. Angela Lynn, Angela Lynn Hollis, to be, to be exact. What a great person. Listening about the martial arts, all the great people that she's come in contact with. You know, that, that's, that's really what this show is about, is, is bringing interesting people into the forefront. Um, she has an interesting background in music and uh, like, the, like the violin and, and, and brass instruments. That's incredible. 
going on to firearms. Her, her dad was a used to be a police officer. Moving from Washington to L.A. two years ago, training with some very incredible people. Jean LaBelle, Benny the Jet, training in Wushu and Northern Kung Fu. and it, It's amazing what she's accumulated in, in such a short period of time. She's a young woman. I met her at the Tours Awards. She, she definitely shined as a human being. Angela Lynn, we're very proud of you. We cannot wait to see all the great things that you do in your career. Well, that's our show today. I hope all of you are well. I hope you're doing the best you can under the circumstances. I say this since this began be good to yourself love yourself if you have that book you wanted to read read it if you have the book you wanted to write write it that screenplay you wanted to read or write do it do it now you have the time you have no excuse fear is not an excuse and why not we have a short period of time to live on this earth in the first place why not do the things you love stay healthy stay mentally healthy stay positive during this time watch interesting shows that's why I was telling you don't don't watch these pandemic shows they're only going to create fear inside of you and anxiety Watch things that bring joy into your heart. The pandemic's going to happen no matter what. Be good to yourself. Forgive yourself. Love yourself. Treat yourself fairly and kindly. The way, the way you want other people to treat you. Nobody else is going to help you in this period in time. You have to help yourself. Guide yourself. Don't forget to tell the people that you love that you love them. Reach out. See how they're doing. Thank you to Angela Lynn Hollis for joining us today. Angela Lynn, if you want to look up her IMDb or her Instagram or her Facebook, but Angela Lynn Hollis is her name. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Cinephiles Radio, another episode in the can. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you, everybody, for joining us today. I appreciate you all. Love you all. Have yourself a great weekend. Be good to yourself. <laughs>